with so much love and respect. Welcome to the Luke Adler Healing Podcast, where we turn pain into power and get down to what really matters, the love we share and the love we grow. This is for those who want to connect to their hearts and the hearts of everyone they love more deeply. I'm your host, Luke Adler, and I'm honored to share my passion for deep, integral shadow work, spirituality, meditation, ultimately creating space for all that we are. Let's get it. Technology has found a way to um, engineer itself to capture our attention. It has found it. The 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 geniuses in Silicon Valley have discovered the algorithms to grab a hold of our attention through a phone. Right? You grab that phone. You just pick that phone up. If you want to, you can do it right now. You pick that phone up and you look at it, and something like in the neocortex starts activating. And all of a sudden, like you're doing things you don't even want to be doing it. Like in te- your intention is just gone. It's, it's fast. It's a fast reaction. And so in this tech, in this kind of tech-paced world, our attention is being pulled away from us faster than it ever has before. It's kind of an extraordinary Herculean effort to grab your own attention and do what you want to do with it in this era, right? I mean, the way the news cycle moves, the way data moves through humanity is like, just compared to 10 years ago, right? It's so much faster than it was. And it's an, it's an interesting shift in the dynamic of, of humanity because finding stillness and finding rest is harder than ever right? The efficiency that tech has given us has just made us busier and crazier and more anxious and more depressed than ever before, right? So with more efficiency, we're just doing more. We're not taking more rest. And so to get here, for you to, for you to choose to be here, to remove yourself from that pace is even more extraordinary than it was just a little while ago. The surface wave of life, right? So when we look at consciousness, we look at it at four dimensions of reality. And the most simple way to describe it is that the surface of life is the waking state. So right now we're awake, our eyes are open, our senses are activated, and we're pulling in life. When you close your eyes, attention immediately turns within. Just by closing the eyes, the eyes are the master sense. So when you close the eyes, everything pours in upon yourself and then you lay down and serotonin kicks in and you start to get sleepy and you move from the waking state to kind of that dreamy state where things are a little bit more lucid they're not so fixed you're not necessarily bound by three-dimensional reality and form you move from waking to dreaming 
in the dreaming reality, you're not bound by three dimensions. You can fly in your dreams. You can be invisible in your dreams. You can break the rules of 3D. It's a different, different parameter of living. It's a different experience. Is that less real than waking? No, it's just a different level of reality. So you're at waking, and then you kind of slip into a dream state. And the dream state could be kind of correlate with the subconscious, little bit of the unconscious and you go from waking dreaming and eventually you hover and dream for a while and if you're fortunate these days you actually fall asleep you go into deep sleep deep sleep there's no dreams it's just rest quiet darkness and you know you've slept like that because when you wake up the next day, you're like, God damn, that was an amazing sleep. I slept so hard. Sometimes you wake up, you're like, God, I was dreaming the whole night. I don't feel rested. So there's, there's some part of you that's reporting actually how the performance of sleep was. And that reporter is connected to not quite the fourth state of consciousness, but between the third and the fourth state. So between deep sleep and the fourth state, there's kind of this interim state which you've heard of in different meditative traditions in yoga called the witness or the beginner's mind is what we call it in Buddhism. So there's some aspect of your being that's beyond deep sleep that is actually witnessing the whole matter of life. It's witnessing, it's still awake. So you're like, I'm asleep, but there's something within me that's not asleep. Well, I was sleeping so, so well, but something was awake. That's interesting. So underneath that kind of reporter, that witness, that watcher, that kind of beginner's mind, if you will, is what we call the Turiya state, T-U-R-I-Y-A, Turiya, which is the seat of consciousness itself. It's just pure, scintillating, vibratory consciousness. It is the energy that's holding this whole configuration together. And what happens when we begin to rest go from dreaming to deep sleep to actually bringing our awareness closer to the Turiya state which you could call luminous consciousness or qualityless consciousness it's beyond your own individual sense of identity or individual sense of self it's connected to what we might call a universal connected self when we meditate in such a way where our awareness can traverse can travel from the surface through dreaming through deep sleep deep sleep into the Turiya state into the fourth state of consciousness and even beyond that when that happens the rest and the healing one of the qualities of the Turiya state is it's it's holding it brings things back together it it brings wholeness back to what was once broken and fractured so as we drop awareness through meditation in greater proximity to that deepest state of awareness, we begin to heal this recoalescing of our being occurs as we wash, rinse, cleanse ourselves in our own light, in our own luminosity. So it begs the question, what happens if we don't do that? What happens if we're kind of spending our life 
in the kind of surface state of awareness, the waking state, and interacting in a world that is not taking that deep repose, that deep connection back to its own source. If my attention is getting pulled a hundred different ways by technology and everyone in my life is going through that same experience and we're bouncing our stress off of each other, constantly trying to get the kids to school and then to work and then make sure the sheets are ready and then I got to do the laundry and then I got to send the formula in and then so on and so forth. And everyone around me is doing that. And then the agitation that's arising through the nervous system isn't getting to kind of be released. And you can see there's a predicament where we're going to start rubbing up against each other. There's going to be conflict and it's going to be quite uncomfortable. And if we do that long enough without a rest, we start to have to fix ourselves into an identity in order to survive in that circumstance we have to become something very defined very clear very held together in order to function in a world where we're pushing up against your needs and my needs and her needs and their needs and it's no wonder we're in a time at least in our lifetimes where there's probably more stress than ever before. So we've come here because you've either meditated before or you are curious to know more about what's underneath that whole mistra, that mixture of chaos and stress that really defines the external world right now. It's difficult to find peace. You might even be in your home. It's like, I've created this very beautiful home. It's very peaceful. But still energetically around that, around that circumstance, there's so much moving in your neighborhood, on the phone, on the email. There's so much kind of uh, competing for your attention, right? And in the absence of a deep practice, we would find ourselves engaging in things just to kind of purge the stress off of the surface level of our being, right? How do I just discharge this pain? Maybe more Netflix. Maybe I need to eat more sugar. I really like tortilla chips. Let me have those with some salsa. What can I do to dis discharge the tension in my fucking body because this world is so goddamn intense right like i have to do something to alleviate what i'm absorbing through my nervous system of course right we have to do something to assuage the bombardment of what's coming at us and so we have such things that we do which i just mentioned and at the same time we sense there must be more there must be some way to kind of kind of free myself from this situation that I'm finding myself in. There's different, different kind of meditative techniques where we maybe imagine certain light moving around our body is kind of an imaginative thing. 
with in, mixed with intention works. It works a little bit. For many, many years, I taught breath work, very powerful breath work. I still do some breath work, but I don't teach it in the same way that I used to because I found that breath work, although so powerful, will do it and incredibly purgative, very releasing. It into itself, in my view, is not a transcendental practice. It doesn't cause a deeper anchoring in of your being. It's a releasing of stress, an offloading of what you've once absorbed, but it unto itself doesn't reorganize your being in closer proximity to the self of consciousness, which is what we're up to this weekend. How do you take your individual sense of self and actually begin to anchor it and establish a pathway from the surface where all of this kind of swirl of attention is just trying to move us like a tumbleweed through its own agenda. How do we take that sense of being and get it so anchored, so established, take the roots of our being and penetrate it so far down or up or however that actually works into the light of consciousness itself that we actually are drinking from a source that isn't affected by whatever whim of social media or the news cycle or whatever is going on in our lives right how can we build a life a ledge of freedom that allows us to exist at the surface and interact with what is challenging and at the same time feel a sense of peace and wholeness and direction This is the most subtle practice in the world. It's so subtle. It's so nuanced. It's kind of hard to, it's, it's sometimes hard to recognize what we're doing, at least at the surface, because the surface is so flashy and so engineered to capture our attention at all times. And so meditation, a meditation that has a transcendental quality, meaning that it allows you to move from waking into dreaming, into deep sleep, through the witness and establish yourself in the fourth state of consciousness, the Purusha state, the state that is defined by its luminosity. It's teeming with Shakti, with life force. That's what we're interested in. Not just finding a quiet place in your mind, a quiet closet in your house. The kids are running around. The Razor Scooters, as I'm describing my house, the Razor Scooters going down the hallway, trying to get dinner on the table, et cetera, and so on. Let me go in the goddamn closet and have some peace, right? Is there anywhere in this house that's quiet? Let me find that fucking place, right? And so my wife and I, we meditate, right? Because we got to create that place inside. In a world that's so damn chaotic, I need a place that's quiet. And so we find it within. We meditate regularly, and that peace begins to build. It begins to accumulate, and it allows us to withstand a lot of chaos. We can be like in this very chaotic situation, and we're not, maybe we get bothered by it sometimes, but we're less bothered than we were before. And this is the gift of deep practice, deep meditation. So we'll be meditating, we'll be focusing on meditation this whole weekend. And by the end of the 
weekend, your practice will be deeper. If you're new to this practice, it will have become established. You'll be able to go home and duplicate this practice. Now, one of the great gifts that we've all given each other, each one of us has given each other the gift, is the power, the nuclear power of your heart activating. And as yours activates and mine activates, there's an exponential refraction off of one another that amplifies the energy. And that's why meditating in the group is so powerful. It's powerful to meditate by yourself too. But one of the gifts we give each other on retreat is the gift of our, of our own grace and our own longing and our own light.